Discover the tips and strategies that will help you achieve your retirement goals. I'm your host, James Canole, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you retire well. It all starts right here on Ready for Retirement. Welcome back to another episode of Ready for Retirement. I'm your host, James Canal. Today, what we're going to be talking about is Social Security. And we're going to be talking about both how to maximize Social Security and really to understand how to maximize it. We need to have a, a good basic understanding of how Social Security works and how it's calculated. So we're going to go into an overview of how Social Security is calculated and then how you can max your benefits. And this is important because if you're retiring or if you're planning for retirement, oftentimes Social Security, it's, it's not going to represent the entirety of your retirement income. But a good claiming strategy and understanding how you can maximize Social Security can greatly enhance your retirement. And it can greatly enhance the income you can expect, the sustainability of your portfolio, the peace of mind you're going to have in retirement, knowing that you've got different sources of income. So what we're going to be doing today, again, is we're going to look at how is Social Security calculated, how does it work, and then how can you maximize your benefits. So let's jump in. Social Security it is funded through taxes. Now, it's not just regular income taxes. You know, when you when you file taxes, you pay federal taxes, you pay state taxes, and those go to fund various government projects or programs, but Social Security is not one of them. Social Security and Medicare have a special tax. You might hear it called payroll tax. You might hear it called FICA taxes, but they are funded through payroll taxes. What this looks like for Social Security is for 2021, the first $142,800 that you earn as a wage that first $142,800, 6.2% of it gets paid as a tax to fund Social Security. That's 6.2% of you as an employee. And now the business is matching that 6.2%. So the business pays another 6.2%. So if you are self-employed, well, then essentially double that. 12.4% of every dollar from zero to $142,800, that is how Social Security is funded, as those dollars are taxed. So because those dollars are taxed, when you go and look at a social security statement, when it comes to determining how your benefit gets calculated, you know, you'll, you'll pull up a statement and you'll see how much you're eligible for at age 62, how much you're eligible for at your full retirement age, and how much you're eligible for at age 70. Well, there's a calculation that's run on that. It's a, the calculation is based on how many years you pay taxes on social security. In social security, what they're going to do is they're going to look at your 35 highest years of earnings. So whenever you began working, that's when this calculation began. That was the first amount that you paid into Social Security up until your last year of working and everything in between. So Social Security, they take your 35 highest years of earnings. And now these actual earnings are adjusted or indexed to account for changes in the average wages since those earnings were received. So for example, wages that you earned in 1980 are going to be indexed a lot higher than earnings that you have last year in 2020. So 10,000 of wages then is going to go a lot further than 10,000 of wages now would, for example. And just to give you some perspective on that, the max earnings in 2021 that Social Security is taxed on is 142800 Again, the first $142,800 that you earn is subject to a 6.2% Social Security tax. Above that, there is no Social Security tax. There's still Medicare, but there's no Social Security. If you go back 30 years ago, say to 1991, the social security cap was $53,400. So anything above that, there is no social security tax on. And what this shows you is that this is just how the indexing works. So just to summarize so far, social security is funded by a 6.2% tax on wages up to a base, and that base changes each year. 
and it is based on your 35 highest years of earnings. The next thing to note is that earnings are means tested. So what does that mean? Well, just to use an example, we know that the max social security cap for 2021 is 142,800. So let's assume that you have one person that earns $142,800 and you have another person who earns exactly half of that, $71,400. In this example, if every dollar that you pay to tax on to, to fund social security was, was used in the calculation for what your benefit would be when you retire, well, then the person that earned half the wages for their entire career would get half the benefit of the person who earned the fuller wages or hit the cap each year. But this isn't actually how it works. Again, social security earnings are means tested, meaning that the first dollars that you earn, those are calculated more, they're more heavily weighted in the calculation than the last dollars that you earn. Here's how that works for this year, 2021. In 2021, the first $996 that you earn, 90% of those dollars are included in your social security calculation. From $996 to $6,002, 32% of that is included in your social security calculation. In any dollars earned over 6,002, up to the cap of 142,800, 15% of those are weighted into your social security calculation. So I don't know who came up with this formula. I don't know why they chose those numbers and why they're so specific. I know it's a little bit confusing, but what it goes to show is that the first dollar that you earn is more heavily weighted in the calculation of your social security benefit than is the last dollar that you earn before hitting the cap. So the earnings are means tested. That's important to know. We'll, we'll come back to this in a little bit. But once these earnings are means tested, and once you take your 35 highest years of earnings, what that calculation gives you is it gives you your primary insurance amount. And your primary insurance amount, or your PIA, is the amount that you can collect at full retirement age. Now, for most people, if you're not already collecting Social Security, full retirement age is going to be between 66 and 67 years old. So your primary insurance amount, it's the sum of those three separate percentages of the different portions of your averaged indexed monthly earnings. I know that's confusing. Again, I'll say that again, your primary insurance amount, so the amount that you can collect at your full retirement age, it's the sum of the three separate percentages of portions of your average indexed monthly earnings. Again, that first portion is a 90% of the first 996 that you earn. The second portion is a 32% of the amounts between 996 and 6002. And the third portion is the 15% of anything you earn above $6,002 and $142,800. If that doesn't make perfectly clear sense, don't worry about it. It doesn't fully matter. It's just, it's going to show you how you can maximize your benefit in a second. So I'll tie that back in. But that's how your primary insurance amount is calculated. From there, that's your primary insurance amount that you can collect between age 66 and 67. And what you need to know from there is that you can collect as soon as age 62 or as late as age 70. So because your benefit, your full benefit starts at 66 or 67 does not mean that you have to wait till then or even collect at that point. You can collect earlier or you can collect later, but that's the window that you have to collect in. All right. So I know that we don't have to know the ins and outs of how social security is calculated in order to be eligible for a benefit, but it's helpful because when we now look at how do you maximize your benefit, understanding how social security works is, is foundational and understanding how you can maximize the benefit that you can expect from social security. So step number one in maximizing your benefits, the first thing that you can do is make sure that you work a full 35 years. So we know that social security, they're going to use your 35 highest years of earnings. And those earnings is what goes into the calculation to determine what your benefit will be. Well, if you only say work for 30 years, say you started work at 25 and you stopped at 55, 
Well, what happens is Social Security assumes that you have five years of zero earnings. They're still going to use 35 years. They're not just going to look at the 30 that you have. They're going to include zero dollars for the earnings that you show for those five years to bring the total to 35. So what can you do to max benefit? Well, every non-year of work that you have, there's a zero being factored into your equation. So if you can work one extra year, two extra years, three extra years, however much it is, that actually plays a pretty significant difference in the way your social security benefits calculated. And you might look at that and say, well, James, that's great, but working an extra year or two or three, that's kind of a lot. If if I'm ready to retire, uh, working another year, two years, three years, that might not be what I want to do. Well, maybe not, but keep this in mind. The reason that I mentioned how earnings are means tested and the way that they're calculated is because the first $6,002 of earnings that you have, those factor much more heavily as a percentage than any income above that. I mean, that first $6,002 that you earn, that will get you more credits as a percentage basis in terms of calculating your max social security benefit than will the dollars that come after that. So adding an extra year of work doesn't necessarily mean that you have to go earn $100,000, $150,000, whatever it is, even as part-time work or doing some work that you enjoy doing. If you can earn some basic amounts from doing that, that could have a pretty significant impact on the way your social security benefit is calculated. And this is especially true if you have worked, say, 32 or 33 years, and you just need another couple years or so in order to hit the full 35 Well, one extra year of work, it doesn't have to be full-time work, but just earning a few thousand dollars can impact that formula pretty significantly. The second thing that you can do when it comes to maximizing your benefit is wait to collect if possible. Now, social security, you should never wait to collect just because it means a higher benefit. Really your social security decision and how you choose to collect social security, that's a decision that should be made within the context of your overall financial plan taking into account other income sources, investments, savings. You should not make this decision in a vacuum. But if you do wait, if it is possible to wait, your benefit goes up every year, even every month that you don't collect. So what happens is your full retirement age benefit or your primary insurance amount, you can collect that between age 66 and 67. Every year that you collect before that time, your benefit's going to decrease somewhere between 5% and 6.67%. It actually decreases on a monthly basis, prorated, but that's the annual amount. If you collect a year before, two years before, five years before, you can do so, but just understand that on each year, your benefit's going to decrease by 5 to 6.67% per year if you collect early. Now, if you wait until after your full retirement age to collect, you get what are called delayed retirement credits. Every year that you delay collecting after full retirement age, your benefit goes up by 8% per year. So one of the easiest ways to maximize social security is simply to delay collecting. Now, you don't, that doesn't mean you have to work this whole time. You can retire at 65 and delay collecting social security until 70, and you're going to get, you're going to be able to take advantage of those delayed retirement credits. So the longer that you delay collecting, the greater your ability to maximize your benefits. And again, this should not be the primary driver of when you collect social security is just this factor but it should certainly be taken into account when it comes to when you should collect your benefit. So to maximize benefits so far, we have to make sure that you work a full 35 years and then also understand how waiting impacts your benefit that you can collect. And the longer you wait, the higher that benefit will be. Number three, look at spousal benefits. So this is something that that a, a number of people aren't aware of. When you're planning for social security, let's assume that you have two spouses and one spouse earned quite a bit over their working career. One spouse didn't earn a whole lot, or maybe they stayed home to raise children or uh, were out of the workforce, whatever the reason. 
When it comes time to collect social security, you have a, you have a choice if you're married. You can collect either 100% of your benefit. So that's the benefit based upon your earnings record, based upon your 35 highest years of earnings, based upon the formula that goes into that. Or you can collect 50% of what your spouse's full retirement age benefit would have been. This is called a spousal benefit. So hypothetically, you could have a spouse that never worked a day in their life, and you could have another spouse that had a full benefit. And the spouse that never worked a day in their life, even though their own earnings record would show that they're eligible for $0 in benefits, they could collect 50% of their spouse's benefit that they would collect at their full retirement age. So when it comes to maximizing benefits, it's not just the benefits that are on your earnings record. You also want to incorporate your spouse and their earnings record to see what makes most sense for you. Now, one of the interesting things is this also includes divorced spouses. So let's assume that you are married and you are married, assume you're married for at least 10 years. If that's the case, then you are eligible for a spousal benefit on your divorced spouse. They don't have to know. They don't have to authorize this. This isn't something that you have to seek their permission to get. This is just something that you can get from social security if you are married for 10 plus years and you are not remarried. So when it comes time to collecting your benefits, even if you haven't worked, but your ex-spouse has, understand that you are also eligible for a spousal benefit. So that spousal benefit. Now, another one, and this is where some serious planning comes in play, is survivor benefits. So if you have a spouse that passed away, then you're eligible for 100% of their benefit as a survivor benefit. You're not limited to the 50, like you were with the spousal benefit. You are eligible for the full 100% of their benefit as their survivor. Now, not only this, but with some good planning, there's some really there's some, some, some really great planning strategies around this. So when it comes time to collect social security, let's assume that you are a surviving spouse of, of your deceased spouse. Well, when you collect social security, you can either collect their benefit or your own benefit, and you have the ability to switch at a later time. So for example, maybe you collect their benefit when you retire at 67. What you do is you collect their benefit, which is 100% of what their benefit would have been. And meanwhile, your own benefit keeps growing by 8% per year. So you're getting a full benefit that your spouse would have received. You're getting that full benefit for, in this example, three years. And then at age 70, after your benefit has grown by 8% per year for those three years, at age 70, you switch over to your own benefit, which is even more maximized. It's taking the full benefit and you're adding on the delayed retirement credits and getting the maximum benefit on that. So this is where survivor benefits have some significant planning opportunities of you can collect yours or theirs and then switch at a later time. And by the way, this also exists for deceased ex-spouses. If you divorced and your ex-spouse passed away, then you're eligible for a spousal benefit on them too. I've actually run into a few instances where th- this, this put quite literally over a hundred thousand extra dollars into a client's pocket because we came up with a strategy of how do they collect their benefit or their ex deceased spouse's benefit and flip at a later time. So with some good planning with survivor benefits, you can end up collecting a whole lot more from social security than you could simply on your own earnings record. So those, those are four common strategies of how to maximize benefits. Wanted to understand or wanted to dive into just how social security works. How is it calculated? Because that gives you a good foundational knowledge. And from that knowledge, you can then understand how you can maximize your benefits. So whether it's by working more years, waiting to collect if possible, looking at spousal benefits, looking at survivor benefits, these are important things to note. Again, social security should not make up the entirety of your retirement income plan, but the more you can maximize your social security benefit, the better off your overall picture is going to look. So this should just be one factor in your overall retirement plan, but the more you can maximize this, the better off everything else is going to be as well. 
So I hope that was helpful. Again, as always, thank you so much for listening and we'll see you all next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Ready for Retirement podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let me know by leaving a five-star review. And as always, for a list of the notes and the resources mentioned in today's episode, you can find those at the Ready for Retirement website, which is readyforretirement.co. That's readyforretirement.co. And if you have a question that you would like for me to answer in a future episode, then you can also go to the Ready for Retirement website, readyforretirement.co. There's a page called Submit Your Question where you can submit a question for me to answer in a future episode. Thanks as always for listening, and I'll see you next time. Hey everyone, it's me again for the disclaimer. Please be smart about this. Before doing anything, please be sure to consult with your tax planner or financial planner. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as investment, tax, legal, or other financial advice. It is for informational purposes only.